An AIDS Action Council podcast update. Check it out. I'd like to welcome back Wayne Morgan, Associate Professor at the ANU here in Canberra. Wayne specialises in gender identity and the law. Welcome back, Wayne. Thank you, Lee. It's good to be here again. So we have some exciting updates uh, to do with gender identity and the law. And I was hoping that you would come back into the studio and give us the lowdown on this fantastic news. Yes, sure. So after we recorded the podcast last year, there was a new important case in the family court, which has changed the law with respect to medical treatment for young people um, suffering gender dysphoria. So, you know, that's a really good development. So yeah, I've just come to explain what that change in the law was. That happened in the end of November, early December last year. Well, it's fantastic news, not only for that young transgender person, but for their families. That's correct. And for all young transgender people, because the effect of the case is that they will no longer have to go to court to seek what we call stage two treatment. Right. Now, what we said last year was that when it came to puberty blockers, the children and the families um, together with their medical advisors could make that decision themselves. But for stage two and stage three, so for hormone treatment or indeed for surgery, consent and approval of the family court was necessary, or at least a family court decision saying that the young person was mentally competent to make that decision themselves. Because hormones are, they're a ferocious thing, or they can be a ferocious thing to introduce to not only somebody's body, but the way that they live, the way that their environment interacts with them. So it's not a decision that people of any age are going to be taking lightly. And I guess you did bring up the point that we are dealing with young people who have the competency to recognise that the gravity of taking hormones, but also, I guess, the repercussions of them not being able to. Yes, exactly. So um, previous to the decision in late November last year, I suppose the reason why the court had previously held that court consent was necessary was really because the treatment is in a sense irreversible. So some of the changes that take place uh, with hormone treatment cannot really be reversed. And so because of that irreversible fact, um, yeah, the court had, up until the end of last year, always said that court consent is necessary, or at least, as I said, a statement by the court that the child is competent to make that decision for themselves. But yeah, that changed in November last year. So there was a case before the family court and the full court of the family court. Now, the reason why that's important is it means that it was heard by more than one judge. Um, And so it's a stronger decision than a decision that had only been heard by one judge or made by one judge. So, yeah, it was a decision of the full court of the family court. And they decided that no court case would be necessary in the future to determine that. So the consent of the court is not necessary for stage two treatment or hormone treatment anymore, which is great. And also the court does not need to give any ruling on the mental competence of the young person to make that decision themselves. So as long as the parents and the medical advisors and the child all agree, um, and providing that the medical practitioners and the parents 
agree that the child is competent then they will not have to go to court they'll be able to save all of that expense and yeah hormone treatment will be able to be started so yeah that's a significant change in the law for transgender young people and as i said it won't only involve the young person who took the case but yeah it will apply to all young transgender people so as a law expert how much money would a family be saving by not having to go to court Yes. Well, look, and that will vary from case to case. And it will also vary according to the number of parties who might be uh, making the submissions to the court in that case. So, yeah, up until now, look, I couldn't give you an exact figure, um, but, yeah, it certainly would have been in the thousands of dollars. Mm, Um, You know, you can imagine, particularly if lawyers had to be paid. Now, as I said last time, a lot of lawyers will do this stuff for free, Mm. but particularly if you have to pay, and even leaving aside lawyers' fees, there will be court costs and things like that. Yeah, and the emotional Uh, aftermath of having to experience something like having to go to court. Well, and that's probably more important. Mm. So, yes, it was a huge financial impact on the family concerned. Mm. But, um, yeah, also the need to go through that process, the mental health effects, even the delays that could be involved. It's really good to see the law changed so that, yeah, young transgender people and their families no longer have to experience those sorts of mental health difficulties and financial difficulties. And even it's almost like, you know, questioning whether you have the right to make the decisions about your own life. Mm -hmm. And of course, no one enjoys when, you know, they're really told, well, you know, you're not competent to decide that. Somebody else has to decide it for you. Um, So, yeah, I think it is really important in terms of the self-determination aspect of identity, whether that's gender identity, sexuality, you know, any aspect of your identity that we were talking about last year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, to achieve self-determination, I think this is a really important decision. Given that a young person does not have to seek permission from a court in order to begin hormone treatment, what sort of an impact may that have on the medical profession? Given that more responsibility is now being firmly placed in their court, I mean, would there have been medical professionals who in some ways may have relied on that barrier or that hurdles so the onus of decision making wasn't Mm. entirely on their shoulders yeah look I think that there's some truth in that Lee so in other words um, a medical practitioner could well have a view that um, because the treatment is irreversible this is a really serious thing and they themselves you know may have had some doubts about oh is this a decision I should be making along with the child or should we be seeking some authority from someone in terms of making this irreversible change. One thing I will say though, of course, we were talking last year about cultural change versus legal change and yeah, the requirements for cultural change just in things like the medical profession as well as general society with respect to things like gender identity. Luckily, of course, there have been, um, at least amongst you know doctors who work in the area, you know that cultural shift has sort of happened in a sense. Mm. So I think that and certainly all of the um, commentary I've seen, all of the statements by doctors post the decision have been supported the fact that now they and the family will make this decision rather than having to go to court. When a young person seeks treatment these days, of course, luckily for most young people, now the places where you can seek treatment, the avenues are fairly well known. And as long as um, parents and young children access those fairly well known 
institutions for treatment, then uh, I think they can be fairly confident that the doctors will have a positive attitude and will understand the identity aspects as well as the medical aspects of what the family is going through. And so, yeah, hopefully that sort of reaction from doctors won't be too prevalent after this case. Yeah. I mean, when you think of Georgie Stone, who won Young Australian of the Year this year, Good on you, Georgie. Yes, Um, absolutely. She lost her case. That's right. That was the case that this new case, so the new case is called Re-Kelvin, and, yeah, that case overturned the decision that was made with respect to the Young Australian of the Year back in 2013. Mm. So, yeah, the name Re-Jamie was used for that case, Mm. and, yeah, in that case the family court decided that court consent was necessary. So four years later, well nearly four years later, the court luckily has progressed, has changed its mind on that issue. Um, And so we have this important development in the law. Well, it's fantastic news. And I wanted to drag you back in here from ANU and uh, and get your thoughts and your updates. So thank you so much, Wayne, for coming in. Yeah, happy to do it anytime, Lee. I hope so. (laughs) Thank you, Lee. For more information, visit our website at aidsaction.org.au. Follow us on Facebook or become an AIDS Action Council member you know you want to. LGBTIQ health, lifestyle and community news. Check it out. It's brought to you by the AIDS Action Council. From Canberra. For everyone.